0: Welcome to the Relationship as Medicine podcast. I'm your host, Shelby Lee, outdoor adventure enthusiast, dog mom to Luna, world traveler, longtime meditator, espresso lover, and a trained somatic psychotherapist, trauma specialist, and certified coach. Talking about trauma doesn't have to be so daunting. From a connected place we can navigate anything together. Looking forward to exploring with you today. Here we go. I'm so looking forward to diving into this conversation with you both. This is the first time I can remember on this podcast that I've had a conversation with more than one person at a time. So it could be really messy or it could be really fun or somewhere in between, um, to those out there listening, this is Kristen and Kristen of the wilder wellness podcast. You may have heard us all on their podcast a couple of months ago, and it was just such an awesome experience. I've heard so many good things about that episode, Uh, And I'm just looking forward to having a conversation with both of you about um, all of our inspiration around group facilitation, retreats, outdoor experiences in terms of therapeutic support. Um, This is Kristen Ailes and Kristen Mathis. And instead of reading your all's bios and your podcast bios, I'm going to let you both introduce yourselves, your podcast, your work, whatever feels interesting in this moment. Who would like to jump in?
1: I can go first. I um, am Kristen Mathis and I am a licensed clinical social worker. I work also in private practice with clients, mostly women and adolescents, who are recovering from trauma, um, anxiety, panic, And we are really working, Shelby and I share similar work um, in this like bottom up approach, nervous system regulation using somatic work and practices. Um, But what's been really exciting for me is introducing this whole new world of surf therapy to my practice and um, building a retreat space for women in about a year from now. We'll be kind of foreseeing that down in Costa Rica. So that has been really exciting.
2: Awesome. And I'm Kristen Hales. I run Wilder Wellness. It's a um, group practice within Bend Oregon, and we focus primarily with disordered eating and negative body image. Um, and, and over the last like number of years, I've run a number of outdoor retreats that are all size inclusive based around embodiment and feeling more at home in your body. And we also host the Wilder Wellness podcast, Kristen and I. And Kristen and I met in leading, well, not leading, we both worked for a wilderness therapy company here in town. And that's how we connected. And it's been really fun to um, grow together in our work and like really support each other in the retreats that we're building and all the things. So that's us.
0: I may have missed this. Did y'all both say what location you're in
2: right now or where you live in the world? I'm currently in Bend, Oregon.
1: I'm currently down in Costa Rica. I used to be in Bend, Oregon, which is where Kristen and I met. Um, All right, relocated. Yeah,
0: so we have Bend, Oregon in common. <laughs> the funny thing is, we've actually never met in person. <laughs> Um, but it's just so nice to like, you feel familiar just having lived here. And I'm really grateful you're here. I'd like to ask both of you what inspired you or inspires you to do the work that you're doing either around, you know, hosting retreats and groups and experiential outdoors or more specifically, whatever feels like it comes to the top of your mind. Whoever wants to
2: jump in can jump in. I can go. So I grew up um, with being impacted by a number of different eating disorders. I had binge eating disorder and then um, had a pretty restrictive eating disorder. I had anorexia after that. I um, mean, it was something when I was growing up wasn't talked about very often. It was something that was like very isolating, Um, my experience of it was pretty isolating. And I remember one of the parts of my healing story was going out into the outdoors and for the very first time, feeling like my body wasn't like this object to be viewed, but instead I got to be in my body and using it for like these really amazing experiences. And I just felt it was one of the many things that healed me. I'm not gonna say like the outdoors cured everything, I have a hard time with that, (laughs) but it was something that played a really, really big part in my healing journey. And so I went to Naropa University, which is like pretty (laughs) hippy-dippy. And the way that I sort of, uh, like my capstone was that I really wanted to focus on wilderness therapy and the impacts of wilderness on somebody with an eating disorder Or negative body image and one of the ways that I did that was just like go out and do a ton of research by like interviewing just about everybody that would talk to me and Mm -hmm. so by like creating more community around it and like getting people's stories like it felt I felt instantly like less alone and so I think one of the things that's been really healing is being able to talk about our bodies in groups of people and really like taking the shame and the isolating factors away from it. And then be in this like atmosphere that feels really empowering where we are building strength. And you know, when I see people walk away from retreats, I see people with like more like feeling action oriented. I feel them like feeling inspired. I feel like a sense of community, which I think is really important in any sort of recovery work. And so, after doing it a couple of times, it's like something that I can't give up. There's like something magical about it, and this like different type of healing that can be done alongside like individual therapy, but it feels so special and rich.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Mm. I didn't know you went to Naropa, too. That's so cool. (laughs) Did you also go there, Shelby? I went to California Institute of Integral Studies, but I had my truck packed a couple of times to go to Naropa and turned around just because it was too much like Bend, Oregon. (laughs) I needed to go to the city. So, but I know a lot about Naropa for sure.
2: They're sort of like sister schools. It's like, I know a lot of people that um, consider both when they're looking at, at programs. Totally.
0: Kristen M., did you go to Naropa as well?
2: No, I did not go to Naropa.
1: I I didn't really learn about wilderness or the experiential field of therapy until I was already in graduate school in Portland State um getting my MSW there. And you know, I grew up in the Midwest in Wisconsin, so outdoor recreation was not this this the world that it is in the West Coast. Um and so yeah, I really didn't know a lot about it until I was in grad school and, and moved to Bend and, and learned about this whole world of not only experiential therapy, but wilderness therapy and um yeah, using it as a
0: modality for healing. Absolutely. That's funny. I went to Portland State also. <laughs> well, tell us what inspired you or inspires you to be offering your retreats and doing the work that you do. Yeah, for me,
1: my path to be a therapist wasn't always super clear. I didn't know, you know, I wasn't set out to necessarily be a therapist, but I was always really interested in learning more about myself and, and, and then what came to be my family, you know, (laughs) once you learn more about yourself, it's like, oh, (laughs) starting to learn more about my family and, and started understanding what is developmental trauma and what is complex developmental trauma that resonated with, with my story and my experience, my upbringing. And then also more about complex trauma and, and post-traumatic stress and how that really shows up in the body and the mind in terms of nervous system dysregulation, anxiety, panic. Um, that has really inspired my work as a therapist because when I you know, discovered experiential therapy, and also like what it felt like to be safe in your body and and what it yeah, like to really come home and feel grounded and, and safety and, and relief from some of those symptoms. That's what I really was inspired to share with other people. Um and and through like Kristen, you you said it so well, like through experiential group work, there is something so magical about the belonging that's created um which is something i've searched for a lot in my life you know and and come up short time and time again but to to create these bubbles of small intimate group experiences where suddenly you feel connected to all these strangers who you just met a couple of days ago um and you're and you're talking about you know all this you know you're sharing you're sharing wilderness experiences you're going to the bathroom together in the woods like you're you know eating weird foods and Suddenly you just feel so close to these people. Like there is something so magical about the belonging that's created. um, That's really hard to replicate outside of those experiences.
0: Absolutely. I just took such a deep breath remembering so many of my own experiences as a participant. And that sense of belonging is like gold. It's such beautiful healing to share that and to not have to hold things so alone.
2: I, yeah, that's what I took from what you were both saying is that, you know, whether it's trauma or disordered eating or, you know, whatever is going on for you, the isolating factor and like what happens to our mental health when we do feel so alone in our experience just almost amplifies the pain, (laughs) you know, and so to like normalize it in these, in these groups feels really like a very important part of the puzzle.
0: Absolutely. I think part of the nature of trauma, complex trauma, especially is separation and it just, you know, breaks those bonds. We feel broken. We feel isolated. So part of trauma healing is repairing those broken connections, feeling that sense of belonging, feeling less alone. And I love that you said eating disorders or trauma because so same, same to me, right? All nervous system dysregulation. Um, and you might not define it that way. You're welcome to share your own view. But, you know, I moved out of the eating disorder treatment field into treating complex trauma because it was so, the experiences were so similar and you named that shame piece. And I find that to be true across the board with folks that are struggling with trauma healing. And as you both have named, you know, part of the healing of that is to not be sitting in shame alone, to be looking across a circle, experiencing healing or getting stuck in healing and to know that others feel this too. And, you know, individual therapy is wonderful, but I think healing in groups is really next level. It gives us so much that, so many of us didn't get in our families of origin too, or the communities we grew up in. Yeah. Hmm. There's so much we could share. I know that you just recently went to, was it Peru, Kristen, hosting a retreat?
2: I just got back from, well, not just got back. In November, I um, led a trip in Patagonia. Mm -hmm. And the, the trip was to do the W Trek. Um, And Kristen and I debriefed all on our podcast, but it was a huge, it was a huge experience. I (laughs) am tuning in with you now. I'm 39 weeks pregnant. So I'm very, very pregnant. (laughs) Um, When I did this trip, I was about seven and a half months pregnant. And you know, for, for me, I would say that the biggest work there was was having my own experience in the group i i like to you know show up as a facilitator and like feel really grounded and like you know not be a blank slate but definitely like have that facilitator hat on and what happened when we started the w trek was that i actually couldn't complete it because of how pregnant i was and mm. that talk about vulnerable <laughs> you know like needing to work with a group of people who came down here to do this trek and be led by you and you have to be like I need to listen to my body and honor what's happening and I actually need to step away um thankfully I had a (laughs) co-guide but it was a new part of of leading a retreat that like felt really edgy for me um walking away I felt like we had a really successful retreat, but it did it did challenge me to show up more vulnerably than I ever have. So Patagonia really like ripped me open in this new way.
0: <laughs> I bet. Did you have like consultation or mentors or somebody that you could be leaning into while you were moving through this as you were holding the group?
2: Yeah, I had a, so I had a co-guide. Um, she actually, I work with a, a company called Root Adventures and it's a woman owned and operated travel company. And so one of the owners was down there with me. And then we also worked with outfitters. So, you know, like the first like day of the trek, it's like 12 miles. And I was like hobbling along with like my pregnant belly. And I was like, I think everyone looked at me and they're like, honey, what are you doing? <laughs> and I just, you know, I've never been pregnant before. So I was like, I could totally hike 12 miles, you know, if if I wasn't pregnant, it, it definitely would have been no big deal. Mm -hmm. And so it was a real test to listening to, I mean, I would have, I would have backed out anyway, but our, I consulted with the outfitters, but I really had to honor my body, which is one of those things that's still, you know, years into my own recovery can be really vulnerable. You know, of just being like, I my body physically can't do this. Or to keep myself safe and my baby safe, I need to make this decision where so much of it is about, like, external validation and pushing is still some of my like, growth edges. And so, mm-hmm. a lot came up. And it was, it was definitely an experience to have the retreat participants witness all of this happen. Yeah.
0: I love this so much. Because... <laughs> So many of the people who are listening are practitioners, are retreat facilitators. And there's so there's so many layers of how to navigate this. And I think a lot of people feel like they don't step up and offer the things they want to offer because they don't know how to navigate things like this. And so you sharing this is so beautiful. It's so valuable that. As practitioners, we get to have boundaries. When we don't feel safe, we get to figure out how to help ourselves feel safe. We get to lean into support. We get to change our minds. We don't have to just unconditionally give to the point of whatever would have happened had you not said no. And so this is such incredible modeling for Mm -hmm. practitioners and for the folks in your care on retreat. I imagine it gave them so much permission to also... Be vulnerable
2: themselves. 1000%. I think the permission was like, you know, the, the retreat was, um, body image focused. And so it really is like, how do you take care of yourself? You know, like what is the permission you need to either rest? What does actual self-care look like? You know, for a long time, I think for us outdoorsy folks, it looks like self-care looks like climbing a mountain or self-care looks like, summoning this thing or getting up and skiing and sometimes self-care means like sitting out of this epic adventure that you thought you were going to go on and absolutely so it was a lot of permission
1: yeah
0: i i'm i'm there's a part of me that wants to be like i'm sorry that happened to you and a part of me that just feels so happy that you got to go through that experience and you look like you're smiling while reflecting upon it
2: I'm I'm yeah it took me a couple weeks (laughs) it took me a couple weeks but I honestly um the biggest lesson was not to pass down some of this like some of the like constant hustle or needing to push so hard to the daughter I'm about to have and so I feel like all of these lessons were really really important um even if they had to come on the other side of the world
1: yeah yeah I also remember you saying, Kristen, that this was one of the most impactful experiences that you've had as a facilitator, like getting to be comfortable with yourself as a participant in the group instead of separate from. And I think that's such a, even such a gift to not only the participants, but other facilitators to step in to the group experience, the milieu and the culture and have that process be a part of you as well um to be vulnerable in that and not like this perfect you know expert who knows it all which happens a lot in this industry um just to give others the permission to be human and a part of the process uh is really refreshing that that is what i love about the group experience is we do get to kind of step into the process and it it can feel a little uncomfortable because well, I mean for me I'm I'm seeing individuals most of the time as a therapist and we don't step into that process. Um so to give ourselves that permission feels really really nurturing and and a gift sort of back to myself almost.
0: Yeah, I agree. I notice a lot of tenderness in my heart just hearing that story. I can imagine Being in your shoes, you know, if I was down there, that'd be a hard call. Being an outdoor person, you know, recovered eating disorder, trauma history, I'm used to just being able to rally no matter what, being able to push through anything so that I can manage my identity and my image (laughs) and all the stories that I tell myself and other people. And it, it just touches me so much. Like that to me represents healing. That's so beautiful.
2: Well, you know, in, in thinking about this next chapter that I'm going into, I really so much of my success as like a business owner or, you know, wanting to lead retreats or even hosting a podcast, I feel like the external validation piece that I got from my eating disorder will often show up in my business and like needing to push and like, you know, work crazy hours or sign up to lead a retreat when I'm seven months pregnant (laughs) is, it's really, really closely connected to my eating disorder. And so having this come up was really, that's the stuff I don't want to pass on. I really, really don't want to pass that on to this little person that's coming into the world in a week. (laughs) And so what a beautiful lesson. And I definitely had my own my own process. And I'm, I'm really grateful for all the things, mm-hmm. and you know, like it was, it was helpful to, when I got evac I had two days away to the, from the group without self-service to just process and journal. <laughs> so I really, which was hard at the time. I was like, I really wish I could just like watch some reality TV right now, <laughs> but I had to really sit with how uncomfortable these emotions were. And so by the time the group got back, I got to like not necessarily be supported by them, but tell them about my process and then step right back into facilitator role, which was actually really cool. So,
0: so cool. Yeah. I love that. And yes, we, as therapists also regulate through TV. (laughs) 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 Oh, Well, Kristen M, I know you are in the stages of inviting and welcoming people into a really cool group experience in Costa Rica where you live. And I'd just love to hear about the creation of that and how it's feeling for you and what you're envisioning. That is a great, a lot
1: of great questions in one. (laughs) Um, Because the, I'm, I'm really excited about what is being created and what is going to what we're going to create as, as a group experience, um, through surf therapy, through traveling through, uh, this international experience in Costa Rica, um, and the process of it and creating it is a different story. (laughs) Um, so which one do you want me to speak to first?
0: I would love to hear, and this might even be a different question, like the deep why of creating and then the creation. <laughs> yeah.
1: Kristen and I were just recording about this last week. Um I and and I feel really connected to my why this weekend I I went on a, a camping trip up to the up the coast to just unplug and reconnect and go surfing with my partner and reconnect to nature. Um, Because I was feeling like really bogged down and stressed and anxiety shows up pretty visceral for me. And uh, my why of, of, of getting into surf therapy and understanding how to bring that to a group experience, especially for folks recovering from trauma or anxiety or panic um is really that for me, when it came to nervous system regulation, my own healing, I have tried meditation and breath work and yoga, and I can get into those things and dabble with them. Um, I really enjoy breath work. But when I was surfing, it was so easy. I didn't have to think about it. Mm-hmm. right? When I was in the ocean, it was just like happening for me. The relief, the regulation, the calm, the peace started happening. I could feel the physiological shift without having to think about it or try so hard or show up to yoga every day. <laughs> um, it just it just really connected with me. And so when I started feeling that in my own body and in my life, um that was inspiring to me to learn more what what's happening how do i talk about this how do i share about this with my clients who don't know surfing but they also are craving that that shift and that regulation and that difference that change in their body um so i'm excited to bring that to a group experience to have people try surfing learn to surf feel what it's like to be in the waves and and riding waves uh which is really exciting and the fun stuff um but then to feel that shift and 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 experience it a lot of experiential work is about embodying it for the first time and knowing oh this feeling is possible i know what it's like to feel in my body or i know what it's what it's like to to experience a calm or a presence or life without anxiety and then how do i recreate that and how do i find that without surfing, um, sort of like the important part, right? We don't always have the ocean or we don't always, we can't always surf. So, um, that excites me of sharing, not only the ocean and sharing surfing, which is super fun and and exciting, but also making this a tangible experience that people can, can bring back home. Mm,
0: I love that. Just imagining, the rhythm of the waves on the ocean on a surfboard for me like my eyes are getting a little droopy because it sounds just like you know being in a womb uh I mean when I think about sharks it doesn't but just the rhythm (laughs) I know more people die by vending machine falling on them than shark attacks but still my mind goes there (laughs) But the natural rhythms of nature that are already regulated are so key to the ease you're talking about, like not having to work so hard to come into regulation, which is so important to me. Why? I mean, when we have so much uh, we're already carrying, why force ourselves into practices that aren't as compelling as we might want them to be? So doing something that feels maybe easier, it's not, it's just so much more nourishing.
1: Right. I think for everyone, you have to find what you like, right. And find what works for you. And there's so many things that can work. Um, Yeah. It's just finding what's fun and what works sustainably for me. You know, I've gone through my, my, my bits with yoga and I love showing up at the mat for a time that got a little boring and and the routines and the flows (laughs) in the positive. I'm like, I know what's coming next. And in surfing, there's this, this element of like, it is always different. And there's always a little bit of a, of a challenge and, um, this unpredictability that feels exciting and and still fun for me.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. The last episode, it was all about um, my friend Justin who runs, uh, a rafting company in the Grand Canyon, who also does nervous system regulation work in his private practice. And so there's this theme that keeps coming into the podcast, which is around regulation that's already available, that is present in our lives that we can lean into. And how do we take up the nourishment from that, get used to the experience of that maybe calm, like you were talking about and take it with us. And I was curious, as you were talking about taking it with you, like, how might somebody go surfing for a retreat and then go back to Wisconsin, for example, and have it with them? It's a great question. Um,
1: yeah. So we're going to be using like the, you know, all of these elements that come so naturally in surfing, like presence, grounding, all of our senses come online, right? You Taste the water. You can hear the water. You're feeling the water. Um, you're watching the water in, these, in, in this wildlife, not sharks. <laughs> Never <Yeah>. seen it <laughs> um, happen before you. And so you're forced into to all your senses. So um, a, a tool that we would take home from that is is building awareness around our five senses, something you both probably teach your clients or have okay. used yourself. Um, so, so maybe we're applying that on our surfboards while we're in the lineup or we're facilitating that on the beach, right? Bring, bringing awareness to what does it look like to intentionally activate my five senses wherever I am? How can I pick up an object and feel it, smell it, touch it, taste it to alive in the same sort of grounding that's just naturally happening in
0: surfing. Mm. So bringing it inwards, well, Mm -hmm. connecting outwards and inwards Mm -hmm. in the present moment. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Yeah. A lot of these elements are
1: happening naturally without thinking about it. And so I think in this, in surf therapy and also in this retreat, it's about bringing a level of awareness to what's happening. And uh, how do we recreate that? How do we, how do we take that home? Mm,
0: Yeah, so important integration of retreat. I think a lot of people don't go on retreat because it feels like this magical week that's separate from life and reality. And then it's painful to come back. And so I'm, I'm enjoying hearing about the how because it's like, how can we actually genuinely have this be part of what we carry with us so that it doesn't feel separate it's actually it helps us be more of who we are and sink into ourselves in a connected way absolutely absolutely even things like play
1: right how do we take home play back into our life what feel like for me surfing is a lot of play and and uh there's a dance and you know doesn't always have to be so serious which sometimes I also make it <laughs> um, but you know it, there's so much healing in play and uh how well, how do we incorporate that back into our lives and I think for every individual participant on the retreat that's going to maybe look a little bit different but what feels like fun play where where we can step into that child like part of
0: ourselves. hmm And I'm, I have a retreat where surfing won't be the primary focus, but part of it I'm imagining is like the team experience of how we, how many of us are in the outdoors, especially folks socialized as women, Mm -hmm. we tend to cheer each other on a lot (laughs) and like, no matter if we're falling off or catching the wave or sitting on the sidelines, not, not into it there's, there is this experience of we're all here together and it's naturally empowering. It's naturally connecting with a sense of belonging and it's playful. And so many of us have been in these healing processes that feel so serious, like you said, that we have to work hard to heal. And so that's why I love wilderness therapy. That's why I love adventure because we get that added element of oh yeah we are beings that are allowed to play and be silly and support each other in a celebratory, cheerful, fun way. So that's what I'm picturing at your retreat.
1: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. It, it it's not designed to be this deep dive into our traumas and and retelling you know like deep heavy therapy work. Uh, it is designed to have fun and to play and to explore. Um, I you know, not only are we allowed to play, but it's the medicine, right? Like that's the good stuff. And uh I think so often, yeah, we think it's supposed to be really hard. And it's supposed to, we have to do the work.
0: Yes, and <laughs> we also get to play. Yeah. So many of us have been doing the work already for so long. Double time. It's time to learn how to allow ourselves more space to just be. Right.
2: I think that's one of the things that scares people about going on retreats that are maybe therapeutic is that they hear the word therapeutic or hear, you know, see that a therapist might be leading it. And they're like, am I going to fly to Costa Rica and sit in a circle and just cry and like, let out all my secrets. You know like <laughs> as like a potential customer that's not like my idea of fun either. <laughs> <laughs> Me neither. <laughs> like I don't want to do that. But mm-hmm. I think what's really helpful about having podcast episodes like this is really being able to explain what does this actually look like? Mm-hmm. Um you know in our on on the retreats that I lead a lot of it is like intention setting, like planting a seed at the beginning of the day you know, whether we're hiking or rock climbing or, you know, whatever it is that you're doing and being like, okay, when you're up on the rock, think about what, like, how does this relate? If you're clinging really hard to the rock, what are you clinging on to, you know, back in your life? And like, you sort of plant a seed there and like, you let the magic happen, you know? And a lot of the time as a facilitator, we're taught to like lead from behind. So like checking in with someone while you're hiking to the crag and being like, Hey, what was coming up for you on that climb? How are you? It doesn't feel as exposing and scary. And it really is fun forward and fun focused, um, which I think is important for anyone thinking about coming on a retreat.
0: Yeah, I'm so glad you said that. Like, just so bluntly. Yeah, flying all the way to some beautiful tropical location just to dig into your deepest wounds. Like, that sounds
2: horrible. <laughs> <laughs> My nightmare, actually. <laughs> But, you know, in talking about, you know, what retreats could be like, and the the integration part is, you know, I take integration really seriously. And I feel, feel like it's really important because so many of us go on trips like this or just experiences in general. And then we feel like my partner might not know what that was like because they weren't there. You know, my best friends or my family that are like asking me to like retell the story of what it was like to be in Costa Rica with Kristen, they're not going to get it because they didn't like know Jessica that like didn't like snails. And then she saw a snail. Like there's all these like little pieces that you're just never going to be able to explain. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, one of my favorite things about these retreats is that um, you, it's not like therapy. We can have each other's phone numbers. We can celebrate. We can't each other. And it feels really great.
0: Yeah. Oh, I love that so much. It's, a different way to experience some of the things that, you know, we can't do in an hour with a client, right? We get to go side by side, walk the path with each other in a totally different way, sit in a state of rest, ease, peace, joy, play, tears, you know, all the things come up over the course of three days, five days, seven, whatever, however long the retreats are. And we're in a container together for a set amount of time where We get to ride the waves, literally and metaphorically together, and um, it gets to include everything. And I think for a lot of folks who need nervous system regulation and are healing eating disorders and trauma, that sitting with rest and peace and joy and fun and delicious food and, you know, it can be actually more complex than people would imagine, you know, oh, that just sounds like luxury and, um, we're not healing anything. What, it's just all fun and game. There's actually no, like, this is the work to be able to sit with this and take it in and take it home. Yeah. So I feel very excited about all of this. <laughs> when, where is your retreat, Shelby, that you are hosting soon? It's in Panama in Kambutal in May, tw- May 12th to 18th over my birthday. And honestly, I thought it was going to sell out in the first week that I opened it. And it has been shocking how hard it has been to tell people about it. It's like, kind of like you just said, Kristen A, like, <laughs> who wants to do trauma healing and you know, <laughs> buy a And i I have had the hardest time trying to describe nervous system regulation and surfing and somatic movement and the importance of it because um, I think I've been trying to describe it through, I was a meditation teacher for so long and I would do 10 day Vipassana retreats or week long meditation all day with folks. And this is so different. And I honestly have no idea how to, put it on an Instagram carousel so people really get the magnitude of how deep and beautiful and nourishing and easeful it can be. And so I'm just like, okay, how is this going to go? I'm so, What can I do? I don't know. It feels like it's got a life of its own. There's 10 folks signed up right now, which is really exciting. We've got months left to go. But it was really, it's been shocking because I was like, people have been telling me to hold a retreat for years. I used to hold retreats, you know, six times a year for years. I haven't held one since COVID. There's a whole new topic, whole new modality. And it feels a little like crickets. And I'm like, what's happening here? And our conversation today is kind of helping me find, feel my way into that a little bit.
1: Thanks, thanks for sharing that and a little bit about your process because I think that is, I'm not there yet, but I am anticipating like what is that process gonna be like? And um
0: how has that been for you? I have been losing sleep a yeah. lot. Retreat centers are huge investments, huge, like enormous. It's a big jump. And um it's humbling as hell. Cause I'm like, wait, I used to teach to a hundred people at a time. What is happening here? You know, is it that there's more retreats now than ever is that people want a more clear structure, like a Vipassana experience? <laughs> is it that I'm talking about nervous system regulation? Like everybody should just know about it. And I actually need to be more specific. <laughs> um, it's been really humbling. I, deeply, deeply want it to be such a rich, beautiful experience for 27 people. And um, like even saying it out loud right now, you know, that part of me that's like, I want everyone to know that I'm super successful, blah, blah, bullshit. It's like, no, I want people to come and receive this gorgeous, gorgeous week. And I am so just like wondering what, what is different now and how do I approach this? in a way that would be meaningful and helpful. And in my heart of hearts, I do not want to spend my time marketing all the way up until the week I leave because I actually want to be planning the retreat in a deeper way. And so that business part of me that's feeling a little resentful (laughs) is having a little bit of a party right now. So thanks for asking.
1: Absolutely. I, I really appreciate your vulnerability and, you know, just speaking to your experience. And I think so much, so much gets on the line with our work. I'm, I'm scared of that. You know, I'm scared, like you're going to put your heart and soul into something and, you know, it might flop. And that's something that I have really thought about and um, gives me a ton of anxiety and, and puts me on my screen more than ever and, and overthinking all the things and, you know, my worth and my value as a provider and how smart I am, you know, all these things, all the shame comes back up. So I would imagine, you know, yeah, I just appreciate your vulnerability and speaking to that and your experience.
0: Yeah. Mine is right now. It's more like, like this is going to be amazing (laughs) where, you know, what is going on? I really want people to get to receive this in my heart of hearts. And, uh, I'm just like, I can't market like other people. I don't have that energy or health availability or financial, like overflow to do hundreds of thousands of dollars of Facebook ads or whatever, And it's just like there's just a big prayer up for me right now with the universe of like, even if I can't speak about it perfectly or represent it how it will be, it is. I know it will be such an incredibly meaningful and life-like remembering week, and the uh, the folks that are coming will get to have that experience. I just want like more more people to get to add to that. That's so. Yeah. And the financial, you know, it's big as a business owner to put that level of stress on the business. It's not healthy. I'm not going to do it again like this for sure.
2: (laughs) Hopefully. And I, I, you know, as, (laughs) as someone that's led successful retreats and retreats that have like quote unquote flopped or like didn't sell out, I won't say it was a flop. It's never been a flop. (laughs) Did it sell out? No. (laughs) and but what I really tracked was what was my experience leading up to the retreat when it wasn't when I did not sell out what was Mm -hmm. that just like taking inventory of my own experience and like where does it go from being fun and soul giving which is why I know all of us are leading retreats and podcasting is because we're therapists that like want to bring a lot of life into our work and share it and so that you know as someone who's not being really vulnerable and doesn't have a retreat coming up, I can just say like, (laughs) I'm here to support both of you. You know, like one of my favorite things about working with Kristen is getting to support her in, as she's taking this vulnerable step. I'm like, I might not be her biggest cheerleader, but like, maybe. (laughs) (laughs) And so we'll be, we'll be doing the same for you, Shelby. It's, it's huge. And I'm sure, um, like the more that you talk about it, I can see I can see the excitement. I think it's just like when we sit down and like really give ourselves space to just talk about how amazing it's going to be, it's so much easier than putting it into an Instagram post.
0: Oh, so much wow. easier. Yeah. I, you know, I take a week off at the end of every month and this uh, retreat came out of walking by the river at Pine State Park every day. I rented a little house on the river and just what, What is being called forward? Actually, no, I was even just like, I'm not planning anything. It just smacked me over the head. Like you have to show people how you do come back home, how you regulate, how it gets to be easy, how nature shows us how putting the phone down for a week, even if it feels like the most stressful thing ever, because the income isn't doing what you want it to do and the clients aren't flowing or whatever the, the experience is that this is the medicine every time, every time it's stopping. It's connecting to nature, going through that portal of anxiety and setting myself down on the earth and surrendering myself to being able to listen. And it's the most, it's the reason I'm healthy. You know, it's the reason I have been in practice for over 18 years now so i'm like i need to show people it came from the deepest purest place and i'm like i just want people to get that it doesn't have to be so hard to be a practitioner to regulate to heal to be held in community to be celebrated and to play so i want that for all of us
1: it sounds amazing and it and it sounds so fun i I've never led a group size over ten to twelve. Maybe I'm wondering, Kristen, have you and Shelby? What's your experience like
0: leading that the that kind of a group size? For me, the more people, the easier it is, because hmm. the perfectionist in me is like, well, then it's guaranteed somebody's going to be unhappy with what I'm doing. <laughs> so I can just be more authentically myself I can I feel like I can hide a little more the more people show up but the smaller it gets I go more into like fawning mode I'm tracking more people is everyone happy is everyone getting what they need um so I like teaching really big
2: groups I know Shelby you said there's 10 people I'm like 10 people Sold (laughs) (laughs) sold out <laughs> I know but I've, I've led about like 15 and it and then you it does allow you a lot of space to take care of yourself because you really do get to lead behind you're like these people mm-hmm. are going to have a connection and these people are going to have a connection amazing so 27 people would be a dreamy and I'm so excited to learn from you mm-hmm. post all of this and coming back and hearing about what that's like I can't even imagine
0: Yay. Well, I am so grateful to have gotten to have these conversations with y'all. I hope when we're all in the same place at the same time, we can go outside and hang out together. (laughs) Before we end, tell everyone who's listening how they can find you, what they'll find, and um, anything else that you'd like to share.
2: Great, I'll jump in. So you can find work about wilder wellness on wilder at wilderwellness.co and, um, on Instagram it's wilder wellness co. So same thing. And that sort of hosts retreats, um, mental health tips. And then also any of our podcast, um, episode stuff, you'll find Shelby's Shelby's podcast by going that way, that direction.
1: And for me, you can find me either at my website, kmmentalhealth.com for all things like private practice, um, psychotherapy related. And then on Instagram at emerge underscore surf therapy is where I'm having everything retreat related, surf therapy related. Um, you can learn more about the
0: retreat that will be open for sign up soon yay and it will all be in the show notes as well so you can go click the link there thank you thank you thank you this i think it was a successful multiple person podcast i'm feeling more energized and just so grateful thank you so much Thanks, Shelby thank you so much Shelby thank you so much for listening i have really special news to share I've planned a deeply nourishing and luxurious retreat for us in Panama in May of next year. It's called Soulful, a somatic embodiment retreat for healing and wellness providers. If you're here listening, it's for you. I created this retreat out of my own burnout, wanting everyone to get the opportunity to return to their own deepest heart with nervous system regulation work surfing, gentle yoga, and so much more. Come realign with your soul's compass. Expand your capacity to meet life with more ease and sink into really sweet support. Spots are already filling up. Find the link in the show notes or at shelby-lee.com.